This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. I was sitting here sucking on this thing. Couldn't really get anything out of it. Like I sucked on it really hard. I got something out of it. Shit. Good evening. Welcome. I hope everybody remembered to wash their asses. I, I, as your friendly neighborhood news gimp, know I could be pulled into action at any time. So I make sure to keep my asshole clean. Good evening. Welcome. Clinically. Prancing goldfish, my friend. These nuts. Oh, oh, I went over this on the freak show the other night. Speaking of these nuts, this is Snoop Dogg. I got a bit of an oral fixation. I like to suck on things. Cock, a clit. This vape. Heather, good evening. Starlight. Warlord. Yes, I got to get to that as well. I showed the picture of Malay's uh, superhero. And I couldn't remember what it was called last night. I had to, I had to look it up. Cause I was, I was right. It was from a campaign event. It was not from, uh, like he wasn't, he wasn't going to the hospital and cheering up sick kids. That's not why he was in that superhero outfit. So we're going to get into that here in a second. I forgot what I was saying now. What that news be doing? Oh, Snoop Dogg. I don't, I don't so much live in sexual anarchy anymore. Like, I've, I've been, I don't want to say celibate since COVID. But it's, it's slowed me down quite a bit. Now, Snoop Dogg, as, as I speculated on the freak show on Friday night, Snoop Dogg is actually launching some sort of smokeless product. He announced that he was quitting smoking. Made it sound like it might be like a medical issue or something. People were like, oh, I'm praying for Snoop Dogg. Nope, nope, it was an ad. I fucking hate it here. I hate late stage capitalism. We were doing, we were doing that story about the, the black kid that's going to be spending the 8th Thanksgiving with a woman that texted the wrong number. I'm reading the story the other night. It's an ad for Airbnb. Like, they're not getting together because they liked each other's company. They're being sponsored by Airbnb. It's bullshit. Goldfish, when you say quit smoking, I don't know. I don't think. I think I'm pretty much the anti-ad. According, if, if I, as my freak store promo pops up, I got some cool t-shirts, including uh, you can get you an ugly troll sw uh, sweater at the freak store since we're talking about ads. Oh, did I reset my drops? So is something going to pop up here? Oh, cool. I, I did a good job. Here's your meme of the day. Libertarians protesting the age of consent. <laughs>
we're we're well past the fight for fifteen at this point in time. The minimum wage should probably be about twenty two dollars. Warlord over here, like fuck it, fifteen's the age of consent in, in Britain, isn't it? You perverted fucks. Still not young enough for Prince Andrew. I'm sorry, it's 16. Europeans let kids do all kinds of shit when they're young. Like, you can you can drink at, what, 15 in Germany? That's what I was going to... Like, we are close to where it should be like 25 an hour to keep up with inflation and productivity. I don't understand when you argue in favor of wages, people on the internet will be like, it's too much to pay for burger flippers. And I'm like, I don't get it. Don't you want other people to make more money? The basis of our economy is that people have money to buy things. When people ain't got no money to buy things, it's a joke, Cotton. Oh, <laughs> uh, Starlight. I did, and I don't say it derogatory. In a derogatory fashion. Like, I'm I'm, I'm not saying it. They, they say it as a put down. Fuck it. I respect the people that make my food anywhere. And burgers are fucking amazing. I love burgers. Absolutely. Fucking nurses... Teachers out here should be making uh, north of 40. Easily. I actually, my buddy is on to me about raising my rate. And I wonder if that's actually hurting me at this point in time. So I set my rate at $35 an hour back in 2017. I haven't changed it. I've been procrastinating. I bought my I bought my web domain and everything but, uh, almost a year ago. And I still not got my website up. And my, my thought process was, well, I'll, I'll raise it to 45 when I launch my website and shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm probably shooting myself in the... Because I'm even starting to get offers for shit. And, like, it's more than what I'm asking for. So... I should be $100 an hour? I don't feel like... I don't feel like I'm that good yet. But I probably am underselling myself. Remember, this is like the last TV station I worked for paid me $10 an hour. This was with a degree in radio, television, film production. Ooh, Snicks. I would love it if you did my website. And holy shit, like, it's there. Like, it's, it's, alm- like, it's almost finished. I will get up with you. Like it probably wouldn't take you any time to finish what I've done and f- make it look a hell of a lot better. I'd say, "Fuck it, Snicks, I love you." A website? Warlord doesn't even know. Warlord probably doesn't even know what I do. I trust Snicks. 
Hey, like it followed like Snicks hit me up about something the other day, and I thought I came up with like some brilliant ideas. I don't I don't ever I try not I allude to what I do, but I try not to ever but a couple trolls have found my my site, which I'm my LinkedIn uh, I put freaking newses up on the LinkedIn, so it has the links to all my shit. I haven't been as keeping things separate as I used to be. But, um, I try to keep my business and my, my trolling separate, so I don't want to, I don't want to say the name of my business or anything. I mean, I totally understand that you didn't have time to follow through. I get it. Trust me, I get it. Programming languages. I have no idea what you're even saying, Warlord. I even sent Snicks my, um, my logo. I've kind of spruced it up a little bit now, but I don't even know that I like it. I would you deserve far more than $15 an hour. Shelley, good evening. Has anyone ever sang the the song from South Park? And this, this is from like an early season, like season three, maybe. And maybe even earlier than that. Like Shelley has a boyfriend. Stan's sister, and he's like he he's like a a chud wannabe rocker, and he like I don't even remember what the song was, but it was like Shelly 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 Shelly, <laughs> something something to that effect, because that would be sweet. I had a little color. I I was like maybe 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 my logo needs some color because it's flat black. <clears throat> if I'm doing multimedia, I just <clears throat> when I originally did the freak show logo, it was like black and white, and I sent it to a friend and he's like, "God, this is so plain." What 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 is wrong with you? And I was like, I I guess I went the opposite direction because of the the troll patrol is like an explosion of color up in your face. So I kind of went I went the other other way with the freak show, and he's like, no, no, that's not good. So then it, I settled on purple and red, but it's a it's a different kind of purple. Then the troll, which the troll patrol is like a, a bluish purple color. Usually, you know, the background without the, without the, uh, holiday. Yeah, yeah, the usual background there. Coming up on Turkey Day. That's your, I'm gonna go ahead and spoil it. That's your animal video tonight. Liberty and Bell. Liberty and Bell are the names of the turkeys pardoned by Joe Biden. He was able to remember their names, but when it come to, when it came to the biggest pop star on the planet, 
He couldn't quite remember her name. Got her mixed up with Britney Spears. This is a celebrity heavy. Troll Patrol. Cardi B. Cardi B has dropped Joe Biden. And apparently Joe Biden has dropped 15 points with young voters in a shocking new poll. Boris Johnson was bamboozled by science, according to a new report. We're going to take a look at two of the seats that are possibly pickups for Democrats in 2024 in the Senate. Possible, but not likely. John Lovitz. uh, He's got a beef with John Oliver over John Oliver's take on Israel. Thinks it's unfair for John Oliver to talk about civilians getting killed. Meanwhile, Israel struck another hospital. Meanwhile, Israel destroyed a, a another UN school. Remember last night when I told you about the Houthis abducting an Israeli ship? Apparently, British intelligence said it was actually owned by the Japanese. Uh, we got video. The Houthis have released a video of them abducting this ship, which is stupid fucking cool. I'm so glad shit like this exists. I'm so glad I'm doing this kind of a show. In the age of terrorist groups having cell phone cameras. Amazing. Amazing. The mayor of a New Jersey town. And apparently the police chief are all involved in this racist corruption scandal. Something about the mayor had a side hustle going on. And I don't even know what about it's racist. Once again, I'm not a pre-watch Andy. Just racist scandal in a New Jersey town, apparently involving the mayor and the chief of police. Right-wingers all up in arms about a Supreme Court decision not, not to hear an appeal from Derek Chauvin, the man who kneeled on the neck of George Floyd all the way back in 2020. Speaking of police violence, Officials are urging calm in L.A. after the cops shot a man on the 105. We're going to talk about a professor uh, from Harvard who said that metal balls they found in the ocean could be of alien origin. Spoiler alert, they're not. However, we do have some zombie deer. We're making we got zombie deer coming up at the end of the show. And we're going to check in with Iceland, <laughs> which apparently it's like any fucking second now. That volcano is going to erupt. All that and more. Tonight on the Troll Patrol, live, Spider Pickle!
I'm glad to see everyone. Glad you came to find out what that news be doing. I still haven't decided what I'm going to do for Thanksgiving. So maybe we do a show. If we do a show on Thanksgiving, it's gonna be it's gonna be like a bullshit show. I'll let you guys know by Wednesday. If you weren't here for the for the meme of the day, let me hit you with it again because I really like this one. Libertarians protesting the age of consent. We all know if libertarians had their way, there would be no age of consent. Sick bastards. Really, Heather? DJ Dub, good evening. I went through HostGator. Just because, like, it was the dirt cheapest. And I don't, like, um... Because I don't use a lot of bandwidth, right? Like, I'm not I'm not running a website for anything other than just, like, to show my portfolio to potential clients. I, um... I went with HostGator because it had this option where, like, you know, you're sharing bandwidth with other people or whatever. You know more about it than I do. But it had, like, a dirt cheap option because of that. Because I don't, I don't really, you know, it's just to show my portfolio. I originally tried to make a, uh, like, a PDF document. It was like a digital portfolio, but every time I, because I, I I I worked hard on that, then I sent it to some some potential employers or clients or whatever, and like it always came up like you know the their antivirus would try to stop it from opening. So I, it's, that's not a that's not. But like they don't look at if you don't have a professional domain, and I need to I need to even do that with my email right now that I have the domain. I need to set up uh, an email that has that domains dot uh, com on it because apparently like they look down on you, and I even saw like recruiters will will frown upon having a Yahoo or an MSN uh, a domain for your email, and I'm like, what the fuck. But, like, they look down upon it if you don't have, like, your own, uh, like, web domain or whatever. So, I should probably do that since I've got the power to do that. And just, like, I stay busy. I stay busy as it is. But you, that, that should be, like, um, it should be a sign that I need to raise my rates. I stay fucking busy. You know what I did today? I had a guy send me a, I guess he runs like a line dance studio. He sent me a country music video. Very, very much country music, like pop country. And he wanted me to like intersperse clips of the line dancing in with the video. I was not expecting to do that when I woke up today. Cause he just happened to, he just happened to like, you know, send a, it was, it was like my, it was like an invitation. Like, would you like to submit a proposal? So I, I don't even think I even, you know, did anything special. I think I just co- copied my cover letter 
in my portfolio. He just happened to message me back. It was like, uh, what would you charge for this? However, he asked me how many hours I thought it would take. And I was like, dude, I'll do it for you for like 50 bucks. What you're asking is fucking easy. So it's like, I was just sitting here, had nothing else to do. I was like, I've caught up on all my other work. So I was like, I did it like right then and there and sent it back to him within like two hours. DJ Dub, my man. I do need to, I need to get the website and the email, all that good shit and then charge more. I don't actually care about money. That's the problem. Probably should. I'm kind of, I'm, I'm kind of stupid, aren't I? Do you think we're stupid? You think we're fools? Oh, DJ Dub, layoffs right before the holidays. Wow. Wow. I go ahead and be submitting some resumes and shit because the job market's still kind of strong. Only certain sectors are basically, I mean, I, it's, it's kind of shitty for me to say that. When, when your company is announcing layoffs and I'm, I'm, I'm hoping it's very minimal. I do it. So like people keep saying looming recession, looming recession, but our numbers our our job numbers are, we're still stronger than what they were expecting. GDP growth has been stronger than what they were expecting. Inflation has pretty much dissipated. It's down under 3% again. I would say that's that's probably some bullshit on the company's part. But as I like as we've covered many times here on this show, it's only certain segments. And one of the one of the things is like uh, in the tech seg sector and the media sector. It's places where you know these startups and these these firms that are run by investment capital, like they've been living on free money for a long time. The mortgage rates went up to try to tamp down inflation, and see that's one of the that's another reason why I kind of thought the mortgage rates going up was were, was a good thing. Because we need to we need to do something about the housing market is all out of whack in this country. If you go the the interest rate was much higher in the eighties, but it was way cheaper to buy a house. So explain that one to me. I I. I don't know jack shit about economics. Uh, I always couch my statements in that because math fucks with me. You take your 33 and a third chance minus my 25% chance and you got an eight and a third chance of winning. But it seems like we've just been handing out free money to billionaires for a long time. And when, when that dries up, you know, there's certain certain sectors have to uh, contract. 
I mean, but it's like something has driven those prices up. I w- I'm still not I'm still not giving up on it. I'm still not giving up on it. I'm just like I can't do it by myself. I have to have another person or two. And then I can own a home somewhere and I have to go somewhere cheap. That's why I was trying to get Sparkles to buy a house with me in Wyoming. I was like I if you give me a year, I can I can uh, work my ass off. I can have twenty grand to put down. If you can get twenty grand, match me. We can easily get something that's four hundred k. Live in a pretty nice house, a pretty nice yard. Now she's she's still holding out hope. She'll meet somebody. Yeah, fair enough, clinically, but I mean, those are all a symptom, aren't they? Those are a symptom of the overarching cause of we just, we live in unfettered, late-stage capitalism, and it sucks. You know, speaking of which, that's a pretty good segue into our first story of the night. Javier Millet, the new president of Argentina, already coming in hot, vowing to scrap Argentina's version of the BBC. We're reading from the Telegraph. That's why they compared it to the BBC, but that means they're public broadcasting. Okay, Spider Pickle. She loves fucking, she loves meat. She loves meat. So that was one of the one of the uh, ways I sold her on it was like we'd ba- be out there where they're like slaughtering uh, buffalo and and cow. We could go get fresh meat from a butcher anytime we wanted. We could have a nice big yard. We have a smoker and and stuff. Think about it. Think about the steakhouses we go to. That was, I even made a, oh God, do I still have it? I made a, I made a meme about it. I put a little cowboy hat on sparkles. Home, home on the range. It's like, you want to go to Wyoming with me? She did her she did her research and she came back with like all the all the pitfalls of living in Wyoming. And one of them was like because there's like nothing to block the the wind and the snow in the winter time that it's brutal. But it's like I don't go outside as it is, so
But clinically, Cheyenne, Wyoming is less than an hour from Denver. You don't think that Justin didn't think this out? It's about 20, 30 minutes from the state line. So you're 20, 30 minutes away from legal weed. About an hour, maybe an hour and a half. If you get in like traffic outside of the city, hour and a half to Denver. That's an afternoon drive. That's that's a go somewhere, go to a show, and get to come back home still. I thought of all this. I have every lowest fucking tax rate in the nation. <laughs> now I'm selling everybody on why you should move to Cheyenne, Wyoming. Want to meet a cowboy? All right, Snicks, let's go buy a house in Wyoming. Who knows, ma'am? I might be your cowboy. <laughs> oh, shit. Almost no taxes. I think it was like no property tax. Uh... Very, uh, very low. The lowest sales tax in the nation. I just told you like an hour, hour and a half away from Denver. There's civilization there. It's, it's Cheyenne. It's the biggest city in Wyoming. You know, I lived in Alabama, but I lived in Huntsville. Huntsville is kind of cool if for Alabama. The Silicon Valley of the South is Huntsville. There's an FBI uh, headquarters there. There's NASA, SpaceX, Boeing. There's a hell of a lot of money in Huntsville. And there was, like, bougie shit to do, right? Like, we we had several restaurants. The restaurant Sparkles and I went to were fucking awesome. That place she took me for my birthday that I hadn't even fucking heard of. I don't even know if, like, you can hear of something like that, right? Like, it's, like it wasn't advertised. I had to wear a jacket. Like, it was, it was high fucking class, highfalutin. But it was inside this like historical house in downtown. Does not look like a restaurant. Holy fuck was that food good. That was the absolute best bolognese sauce I have ever had in my life. Because we got like one of our uh, appetizers was meatballs. Holy fuck. Just insane. Like I have, I have thought about those meatballs every day of my life since. I wish I could make a meat sauce that fucking good. Because I mean, it wasn't necessarily the meatballs. The meatballs were all right. It was the goddamn sauce. Anyway, you get me. You get me talking about food. Can I get all. Oh, can I get a Maynard? Is he going to run away? 
Yeah, I couldn't get a Maynard for you. Yeah, he's over there looking back. Maynard says, find out what that news be doing. He wasn't impressed. So last night I showed this picture. But I couldn't tell you. Like, I was like, I think he invented this, like, superhero. This isn't him at, like, a, a children's hospital doing a good deed. This is like a campaign rally. The name is El General Ancap. El General Ancap. And Warlord actually sent me a video. Right, right before we got started here. I think we've got even other videos. General Douche Canoe. El General Ancap. President-elect Javier Millet once appeared singing about the economic crisis in Argentina while dressed as El General Ancap, his superhero alter ego. Perhaps. Perhaps he's a failed theater kid. Argentina's... Per which, nothing against failed theater kids. Some people might say, I'm one of those. Argentina's president-elect has vowed to privatize his country's version of the BBC and stop all public construction projects in their tracks as he outlined a program of radical transformation. Now, I'm going to go ahead and tell you guys that this has happened in history before... Like, th th like, this exact thing. We know during a recession, a depression, the government has to step in and spend. If the government cuts spending, that deepens the crisis. Literally has happened at least a dozen or more times throughout history. And that's just that the countries I know, I vaguely know the history of. Javier Malay, an extreme libertarian economist who won a landslide victory on Sunday. It was like 54 to 46. Pledged to dismantle the propaganda mechanism of the left in a major political and economic shakeup aimed at reversing years of decline. Questions about whether the politician who campaigned with a chainsaw in hand. Oh, come on. Where's the chainsaw? Ah, oh, fuck. I 
I thought the story probably had it. I think I played it for you guys last night. Fucking Ian Miles Chong is who tweeted this out today. Celebration. just like I feel like it's privileged to leave on my part I understand people leaving because like fucking warlords ask me why I don't move to the UK and I just like if I if I did leave and not that I like not that I wouldn't uh like if I if I found a media company or something wanted to hire me and move me somewhere I probably would go Oh, there was no chain on the chainsaw? That's the wrestling trick. You take the chain off. So it ain't really going anywhere, but it's shaking enough to where you can't see. Wasn't even paying attention. I was bamboozled. You know, you know who else was bamboozled? Boris Johnson. Boris Johnson was apparently bamboozled by science. You say, late afternoon meeting with the PM on schools. My God, this is complicated. Models will not provide the answer. PM is clearly bamboozled. Well, I, I think I'm right in saying that the Prime Minister at the time gave... It was during COVID. 15, and I think he'd be the first to admit... He gave up science when he was 15. This is talking about COVID. This is an inquiry into the former British Prime Minister Boris Johnson's handling of the COVID crisis back in 2020. Bamboozled by the science. Minister at the time gave up science when he was 15. And I think he'd be the first to admit it wasn't his forte. And that he did struggle with some of the concepts. And we did need to repeat them often. I would also say that a meeting that sticks in my mind was with fellow science advisors from across Europe when one of them, and I won't say which country, uh, declared that the leader of that country had enormous problems with exponential curves and the entire phone call burst into laughter. Uh. It was true in every country. So I do not think that there was necessarily a unique inability to grasp some of these concepts with the Prime Minister at the time, but it was hard work sometimes to try and make sure that he had understood what a particular graph or piece of data was saying. Um, and I'd learnt from a number of uh, meetings, including around climate, where there were certain things that would catch his eye and would work for him and other things that wouldn't work for him. So there were ways of presenting the data that allowed him to get better access than others. How did your clouds have Santa hats on them? And everyone laughed at him. Yes. I can imagine there are plenty of moments like that with, with Trumpy boy. No, it really wasn't a laughing matter. 
I'm upset about the Santa hats because it ain't December yet. I try to keep I try to keep all that Christmas shit in December. <laughs> oh shit. I don't know what I think about this article, Newsweek. Joe Manchin leaves two Republicans at risk of losing their seats. Dustin, good evening. Shopping in your town. All right, I, I try not to, to begrudge people their 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 pleasure, but like I really I'm I I feel like you have to take a stand. It's part of the war on Christmas. I'm totally cool with Christmas. I'll watch Christmas movies. I'll watch Christmas specials. Did I put Santa hats? Do I have that power? It must have just been a YouTube thing. I'm totally into and like I've got my own Christmas traditions. Like my grandmother always made ribs on Christmas, so I make ribs on Christmas. That's that's when it like like she made like uh, finger foods for Christmas Eve. Like I always make uh, I associate like the little Swedish meatballs. I associate that with Christmas, and uh, I always make a spinach dip for Christmas. Like I've got my own my oh my crock pot hot chocolate oh fuck crock pot hot chocolate I've got my own Christmas traditions that that I love but it needs to be in December I'll get I'll even get peppermint mocha for my coffee but it's got to be in December I don't start that pumpkin spice I like got two weeks out from Halloween. I'll start the pumpkin spice. That's when I put up the decorations on the Troll Patrol. It's, you'll get the Christmas decorations two weeks out. We'll go back to the normal decorations, probably on Black Friday. Empanadas. Interesting. I'll work all day on my, on my ribs. Willy Wonka? I have no idea what you're talking about. We, I will assure you that I was talking about Jeffrey Epstein probably long before you knew who the fucker was. Uh, I was constantly yelling about Jeffrey Epstein back in like 2010, 2011 because he had just got off on a sweet fucking deal from Alex Azar down in Florida, who ended up being uh, Donald Trump's labor secretary. Feel like he got rewarded for helping Jeffrey Epstein out. Are you talking about Bill Clinton when you say Willy Wonka? Because fuck Bill Clinton. But I don't, I don't understand what the deal is. Probably like, probably talking about Bill Clinton, as in William Clinton, Willy Wonka. If I had to guess, I don't, I don't understand why uh, idiot ass right wingers focus on Bill Clinton and not all the other Republicans. And fuck Bill Richards. Fuck, uh, fuck, uh, um, uh, Noam Chomsky. Went to Epstein Island. 
Fuck you, Noam. And and his response to it was not satisfying. Fuck Noam Chomsky. So, like, unlike right-wingers, we don't have sacred cows over here. We don't have heroes we look up to. We, we call a spade a spade. I don't get that a lot from the right. It's like if you want you want to talk about um, you want to talk about Bill Gates. We don't like Bill Gates over here, but we also don't like Elon Musk. Like we think billionaires shouldn't exist. Because if you got enough money to do the kind of shit that Bill Gates and Elon Musk are doing, you got too much goddamn money. And that's that's my problem with right-wingers. Is they, like, you want to come in here, oh, fuck Bill Clinton with his visits to Epstein Island, but not talk about the systematic issues that allow shit like that to happen. Fucking, let's demolish the finance industry, which was how Epstein made his money. But you guys don't ever have those kinds of critiques. It's usually just like, you know, fuck Bill Clinton or fuck Obama or whatever the fuck. And it's so goddamn annoying. It's so fucking annoying. Are you still here? Where'd you go to? Badass Snell. That answer your question. Why did I assume you were a right winger? Because you're framing. And like I might be wrong that you're talking about Willy Wonka. Fucking uh Gene Wilder didn't go to Epstein Island, did he? I'd be really disappointed to learn that about Gene Wilder. Who's the new Willy Wonka? Uh Timothy Charlemagne? I liked him on SNL the other day. I don't, I'm not really familiar with anything else, and I more than likely won't watch that Willy Wonka. But did he go to Epstein Island? Did I misconstrue what you said? I'm don't leave me hanging here. Was that a satisfying response to your inquiry? I'm not high enough for this shit. Yeah, I feel like I'm getting down to the end of it. It's starting to get harder and harder to hit. I don't wanna I don't wanna replace the cartridge until like I've I've sucked it dry. I know exactly how long one of these will last me. I've even I've even got other flavors. One of them's supposed to be stativa and one of them's supposed to be indica. So I'm looking I'm looking forward to switching it up. Anyway. Yo, fucking Dustin. I promise not to vote for Hunter Biden or anybody named Clinton. Exactly. Jesus Christ. I, like, I campaigned against Hillary so hard in 2008. Like, I was proud. I was proud that I made Obama the fucking nominee. 
It's not fake weed though. It's real weed. It's just like a, a molecule off. Like that's how much I hated Hillary Clinton. Campaigned against her in 2008. And I still stand like Obama was a better president than what Hillary Clinton would have been in 2008. But maybe like had she won then we wouldn't have got the debacle in 2016. I don't know. Could she could she have possibly been a better president than Obama at that time? Because Obama did a lot of mis... Obama was beholden to the finance industry and we're suffering with a lot of the consequences of the Obama administration right now. We're suffering with a lot of the, the consequences of the deregulation of Bill Clinton. It's the whole neoliberal fucking mindset that was raging in the, in the Bush administration, in the Clinton administration, in the Reagan administration. You feel like Hillary would have been worse. I just, I, cause so like the, the thing I would have felt like she would have been a lot worse on is foreign policy, but could you be worse? Perhaps we'd have more ground troops instead of our dependence on drones, but using drones has its own set of cons. Well, like we drone bombed weddings and hospitals and doctors and journalists, just like Israel does now tones. Good evening. It's a, it's a thought experiment. I don't know that domestically that she would have been all that dissimilar from Obama. Maybe, maybe even would have had more domestic spending uh, coming out of the recession. It would have been like the same Wall Street types running her administration. Because like fucking Obama was staffed with a bunch of the, the uh, Clintonites. From his administration, so I, it would have been a lot of the same fucks. Would Obama have been her vice president? Now that's interesting. Now I, I, I would probably say that no, he wouldn't have been. But it would have been a smart move on her campaign, but I think she's too petty. And if we lived in a world where Hillary Clinton won in 2008, Obama was the vice president. Trump would have never happened because we, because Obama was stupid fucking popular. I guess when, I guess the problem with that would have been like, could Mitt Romney have beat Hillary Clinton in 2012? If the, if the recession had followed the same bounce back, I, I would I would say not. It's a wild thought experiment there, but like that could have completely negated a Trump run, and that we would be at the ass end of an Obama administration right now. What a different world that would be. And who knows, maybe in a different position, maybe in a time of crisis coming out of COVID, Obama would have been more, because if you read some of his earlier writings, he kind of was, uh, I don't want to say a leftist, but more to the left than what he, what he ended up governing as, but you know, he was in a difficult spot. The wild thought experiment.
Newsweek, I disagree with what they have to say here, saying Joe Manchin leaves two Republicans at risk of losing their seats. Do you guys want to take a guess at who the two Republicans are saying might lose their Senate seats? Because I don't think so. I don't think I don't think there's a challenger in either of the states that could muster a run against either of those two senators. I do not think either of them are a pickup. I think the most likely scenario coming out of 2024 is that Joe Biden remains president. The Democrats lose control of the Senate by like one seat. And uh, the Democrats take control of the House possibly by as many as 20 or 30 seats. So it's going to be a really weird election and it's going to suck to have divided government again because ain't shit going to get done. But at least if we're going to have Republicans, it's going to be on the Senate side where theoretically they're more sane. And shit needs 60 votes anyway, a Democratic House. There's the possibility that some things could get done. Senator Joe Manson's decision not to run for re-election has taken West Virginia off the table for Democrats. So as the party, which is weird to me because like, can you run Richard Ojet? I mean, he hasn't fared well in any of the other elections he's ran in. In terms of a progressive, I could he possibly motivate enough young people? Jim Justice is awfully popular in West Virginia. So as the party seeks a path to hold its slim majority in the chamber, top Democrats are focusing their efforts on two GOP seats. Manchin, a rare Democrat in a solidly red state of West Virginia, dealt a blow to his own party this month when he announced... He was going to lose. <laughs> it's possible that another candidate would fare better. So I don't I don't know why they're 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 acting like this is the death nail. He was going Mansion is unpopular. He was going to lose. Faced with disappointing news, Democrats are turning I don't know why that's disappointing. Democrats are turning their attention to Republican senators Ted Cruz of Texas and Rick Scott of Florida. Can somebody look up uh, what Ted Cruz beat Beto O'Rourke by in 2018? Because if I remember correctly, it was a pretty wide margin. Like, I don't even remember it being close. Like, three or four points. But I might be wrong on that. And Texas has gone bluer recently. So if somebody, if somebody can get it, fuck it, I'll do it. Ah, shit. That's why I shouldn't be counted on to do things. Two point six percentage points, so closer than I remembered. I guess two point six is doable. That's within the margin of error of polls. The Senate map was always going to be tough for Democrats. Mention resigning makes it harder. Democratic pollster 
Carly Cooperman told Newsweek, Texas and Florida are the two opportunities Democrats have for picking up seats next cycle, but both of those races will be tough. Both states are expensive, political consultant Jay Townsend told Newsweek. The Democratic Senate Campaign Committee will be looking for ways to damage both Cruz and Scott with an early wave of nasty ads and then decide later whether either are worth the massive cost of trying to win them. Well, I can go ahead and tell you it's going to have to be a candidate. It's going to have to be somebody that's fucking popular. Senator Gary Peters, the Michigan Democrat who chairs the DSCC, admitted on Sunday that West Virginia was a tough state in which Manchin was well-positioned. Rather than trying to find a candidate who could keep the state blue... Peters told CNN's Inside Politics Sunday that he'd recruit Democratic challengers in Texas and Florida to defeat the Republicans he described as not strong in their states. Yeah, they're two really unlikable Republicans. You ain't got Democrats that are likable. Peters credited Manchin's victories to his long career and brand in the state and emphasized the importance of focusing on other Democratic incumbents who have also created similar distinct brands in their home state. Townsend said the money that the DSCC would typically pour into Manchin's re-election campaign would be reallocated to protecting the seats in Montana, Ohio, Pennsylvania, Arizona, Nevada, Washington, and Michigan. The key for the Democrats is not to pick up a new seat, but to hold on to the ones they have in red and purple states. According to Democratic strategist and principal at Group Gordon Michael Gordon, Group Gordon Michael Gordon. Now that's not a person's name. I assume Michael Gordon is involved in this somehow. That is not a person's name. So I'm totally cool to say that that, that's a stupid name. It's some kind of political consultant group. Group Gordon Michael Gordon. I'm pretty sure that's the whole name, right? Because there's no there's no comma there separating Group Gordon. That's bound to be it. It's missing a comma. Principal at Group Gordon, Michael Gordon, told Newsweek. That makes far more sense. For the company to be named Group Gordon Michael Gordon... I don't know. I kind of think it's kind of brilliant now. It rolls off the tongue. Group Gordon Michael Gordon. Two potentially vulnerable senators are John Tester in Montana and Sherrod Brown in Ohio. They have done well in their respective states, but could fall if the Republicans catch a wave next year. In 2020, former President Donald Trump carried Montana by more than 16 points in Ohio by 8 points. Richard, my friend, good evening. Yeah, Michigan is not a... Michigan is not problematic if Democrats turn out, but you are indeed correct, and that is a problem that we're going to discuss. But before we do that, we're going to watch this piece from Politico... Why are 2024 candidates mimicking Instagram and by proxy TikTok influencers? 
videos of him working out shirtless, stories of his financial success, rapping Eminem at a state fair. What is the difference between managing Vivek Ramaswamy's campaign and managing Jake Paul or Dave Portnoy or something like that? It's probably actually pretty similar. And those are folks that we, we take inspiration from. I'm fascinated by this. Let's do this, huh? Okay, so if you've been paying attention, you have definitely noticed that this year's presidential candidates are acting like a bunch of Instagram influencers. But before you go and say, wow, didn't think America could get any dumber, just hang around because there may be some genius underneath this. The question facing candidates in 2024 is, will the influencer playbook work in politics? If I subscribe to your newsletter, listen to your podcast, watch your reels, and buy your merch, will I be more likely to vote for you at the ballot box? So I think we need to bring two ideas together. The first is that in campaigns, our opponents aren't necessarily the other party. It's all the other things that someone could do with their time and attention. Not only are we competing Republicans against Democrats, we're competing against all the other things that someone could do with their time. Watch TikTok, watch YouTube, listen to podcasts, read books, play games, watch Netflix. And you'll notice that several of those options don't allow political advertising. That's Eric Wilson. He's one of the consultants that Republicans call when they want to try something new. He's also got a podcast about this that's pretty rad. Why is content marketing, influencer marketing, hitting the presidential campaign. Is this like a real thing or is this like an Olivia Rodrigo and mom jeans thing that we're gonna forget about in the next presidential cycle? I think it's here to stay in some form or fashion, but the reality is our media landscape is so fragmented right now that the only way that you're going to be able to reach people is by creating your own audience and consistently communicating with them. So here's the problem Eric's trying to fix. Recently, small dollar donations to campaigns have tanked. Some of our Politico colleagues recently wrote about how President Joe Biden is lagging past incumbents in grassroots fundraising by about half. And on Capitol Hill, small dollar donations to both parties are looking meager compared to the last two cycles. Even big shots like Ron DeSantis are depending on mega donors to help float their campaign. You have essentially a tragedy of the commons problem. Where tragedy of the what? Tragedy of the commons, where we've overfished. Is they, yes, this is a philosophical problem. For so long without growing that pool. So one might like uh, play tennis with their shirt off, like the big Ramaswamy, mm -hmm. uh, because perhaps this type of stuff might help identify new donors or new people who are highly engaged in politics. It certainly opens up the top of the funnel of getting attention, making sure that people know who you are. We talk about a conversion funnel. So someone goes from awareness to consideration, to intent, to purchase. You can see a lot of candidates trying this, but there's really only one who's built his entire campaign on this idea. We assign an ROI to everything that we do. That's Ben Yoho, CEO. Return on investment. And if CEO job title seems a little weird to you, that's the whole point. They do things differently over there. Barack Obama was the Facebook president and Trump was the Twitter president. We believe that the next president of the United States will be the Reels president. In the early days of this campaign- They don't want to say TikTok. Attention. It was just kind of who and, and what's he running for? So we kind of flipped the script. We rented out an old advertising agency that was um, on the market, our first couple hires. It's wild because it even says Instagram influencers. They don't, Politico didn't want to say TikTok. They, they're saying reels, but it's really TikTok is what you're going for. Yes, I'm sure Instagram reels are potent. I've even gained some followers from the little clips that I predominantly made for TikTok, but I put them on Instagram as well. So like, there's a following to be had there, but the youngins are on the TikTok. I mean, you can just look at the user bases and it, like it eclipses fucking YouTube reels, 
uh, Instagram reels, or YouTube shorts, that's what they called them. Didn't include the traditional political staff, it was videographers and editors, and created an ethos of like, let's document everything. Document everything is the gateway to content marketing, or in the case of a presidential campaign, influencer marketing. The basic idea is that you, the influencer, provide useful content in exchange for attention. We're starting to see that the diminishing returns of our current strategy of essentially spamming supporters. And what it represents is a digitization of old direct mail tactics. If you look at like the cost per poll, poll percentage, Vivek has the highest ROI of any candidate in terms, when you look at the dollars that we spent for the, the positioning that he's in in this race. But Ben has a point compared to every other major candidate who hasn't already been in the White House, Vivek is absolutely crushing it. Here's how much money Trump's challengers are spending on ads versus where they are in the polls. Notice where our Instagram influencer falls. And within the GOP field, Vivek has raised the highest percentage from small donors. Vivek is actually competing with heavyweights in total dollars from this class too. We know what you're thinking. Big money entrepreneur buys his way in. But it's not all about the Benjamins. There is another rich guy in this field who spent millions of dollars on his own campaign, and it's gotten him nowhere. Poor Doug Burgum. You guys almost had kind of an online grassroots strategy. There's almost a need to recruit people who can like memeify your best moments and bring harmony to like the chaos of promoting a presidential candidate online. Am I giving you too much credit? Like, did this actually happen? Like, is this what you guys talk about when reporters aren't around? Yeah, that, it, you, uh, you're over the target. We absolutely, um, identify, recruit, train, and you know, deploy our strongest supporters who have an interest in participating in online conversations. So we, we put the program together where our grassroots supporters pass a background check, they get a unique link, and they receive 10% of everything that they raise. Will your website make me an offer for like 20% off for merch? Like, are we fully in the game here? You won't get a discount on the, on the on your first visit, but you can sign up to be part of, you know, our Slack army, the kitchen cabinet, which is our fundraising program, to volunteer, to attend an event. Your Slack army, is that what, um, you know, broy guys like me maybe, but what, what someone might recognize? Uh community for uh, Call of Duty fans or something like that. Is that like the fan-managed clubhouse, basically? Exactly. Money, community, access. The three things Washington lobbyists pay for. So what's the downside? Do you have any data? Yeah, fuck Vivek. ...that suggest that, you know, people who enroll or follow these products are actually that much more likely to donate or volunteer or do anything like that? Like, has the, has the data caught up with the, the gut instinct yet? We do have some some data around that. It is hard to do that in a reliable way within the context of a campaign because we are limited to time, money, and manpower. So campaigns have to try everything at their disposal, including the stuff that they know has worked in the past, which I think is what we're in this odd transition time where we stuff that we know was working isn't working as well, we still haven't figured out what's next. We're not talking about not doing the traditional things. We'll do that when others are kind of low on fuel. We're just gonna be starting the engine. So interesting piece. It's a transition as we're talking about 2024 presidential candidates and why they might want to uh, imitate influencers or even appeal to the influencer base it's because Joe Biden has dropped 15 fucking points among young voters. Wait, I, it's my birthday today and they can actually sign birthdays. Come on, man. I just want you to know it's difficult turning 60. 
Welcome back to America. Wait, is it his birthday today? And he's like 82 or 83. Besides, that was President Biden poking fun at his own age as he turns 81 today. It comes as a new NBC. Well, happy birthday, bud. Support among young voters dropped 15 percentage points since September. Deepa Shivram and Bracton Booker join us now to discuss. Deepa is a White House correspondent for NPR, and Bracton is. I wonder what happened. Correspondent for Politico. Was there something that happened? So that would have been like the beginning. Is there something that happened in the the beginning of October that would have would have caused young people to turn against Joe Biden? A fifteen point drop that rapidly. Can you guys can you guys think of anything like did something big happen in the world? Oh, welcome to you both. Let's start out by talking about this big drop in young voters. Obviously, a critical constituency for Democrats in. Norm is a ninety-two-year-old. How much do you think this has to do with the fact that um, it is all com- comes amid uh, tensions between Israel and Hamas and the president coming down firmly on the side of Israel? Yeah, this is definitely very much tied to that. I think this is a poll that has showed uh, for a while there's been a lack of enthusiasm among younger voters when it comes to Joe Biden. But as this uh, international uh, situation has unfolded, uh, there's a lot of criticism among young voters about how President Biden has sided with Israel unequivocally uh, and some has been a little bit late to the game. A lot of younger voters I've spoken to would say uh, even talking about civilian casualties in Gaza, uh, something that he has been they felt a little flippant uh, about in the past several weeks, maybe not paying as much attention to that, not focusing on that. We've seen protests around the country, large ones in D.C., large ones in other uh, places all over the United States where young voters are really turning up to say, you know, we don't agree with this administration. And and now what we're seeing is polling to, to back that up. And so there is a really big gap uh, with how much younger voters in that demographic of 18 to 34 years old, as this poll pointed out, uh, in terms of how they feel about how the president has handled this crisis and versus how the White House is really moving forward with this. Bracton, what invite all three of them to the orgy? Of course, correct. I mean, I noticed that the president and everyone on down has been careful recently to say, you know, bombing. Be a fun foursome. To stop. We're very concerned about Palestinian civilians. In fact, in the White House briefing today, John Kirby point blank said there have been too many civilian casualties, which is something that they haven't said that explicitly until now. It does seem like they're trying to make a a, a change here. Well, look, they're they're trying to make a change, but I I think what you need to see from from this president is you need to see him get outside of Washington and take his message to the people. I mean, you talk about the protests happening. Uh, You're also seeing protests happening on- on I, I I am certain that most young people condemn Hamas. He condemned. <sighs> this is where young voters mm-hmm. are. Mm-hmm. You would think that the president would want to get out into the into the field and have conversations with young voters and talk to them about what the administration is doing, right? Um, so far, we're- I'm sorry, I've been paying attention. I've been thinking about having a foursome with all three of them on that table. That they can control all aspect all aspects of the message right now. And I you live in you sexual anarchy. Uh, we're seeing that the poll numbers are are going south for this president. Right. The the campaign clearly feels that they have time to get him out on the road and doing rallies and things like that. Does that suggest to you that they just aren't concerned about the possibility of um, a third party candidate like Joe Manchin or 
Robert F. Kennedy Jr. at all? I mean, I definitely think what you hear from the White House, what you hear from the campaign is is taking this question of, of Biden and his age and concerns about that and turning that into the word experience, right? Mm -hmm. That there couldn't be a better time to have Joe Biden as president of the United States and be reelected as president of the United States because of the vast experience he has dealing with foreign policy issues in particular, dealing with a lot of other domestic crises. This is something that, you know, in his years and years of public service in an elected office, he has dealt with. And so you hear the campaign trying to spin uh, that message that this is a president uh, who has a lot of experience doing these things, but clearly it's not lining up with uh, with certain people. His, his approval ratings overall definitely not as high as they uh, could be less than a year out from an election. Um, and so it's it's really interesting to see that balance of, of what the White House thinks is uh, you know their their best talking points moving forward and, and really where it's translating with voters. And I think it's also interesting to see how the White House is going to use Kamala Harris, the vice president, yeah. uh, in this right. talk board as, as she's been traveling to college campuses, as she's been traveling. I clinically, I mean, there's there is an argument to be made that like it's hard. Like I, I am against killing innocent people, but who am I to criticize how somebody reacts to their oppressor? That's like okay. So like, uh, would the Jewish people have been wrong to stage a rebellion against people in Germany? During the Holocaust, I think most people would say that they would be morally justified. You can be horrified at the actions of Hamas, and I am, but equally horrified by the actions of Israel. Condemn all violence. I like, but it didn't happen in a vacuum. It's like Israel created the group, even funded it, funded it in order to use their radical nature as an argument against allowing Israelis to to live, or allowing Palestinians to live peacefully. It's, it's It's not a, you know, one side is right, one side is wrong, but if you were to make the argument, like, apparently... Like, when you are being oppressed the way the Palestinians are, that Hamas's actions aren't actually qualified as a war crime. Because when you're basically imprisoned, whatever you do against your oppressor, who was not justified in their actions to begin with, is apparently legal. And I didn't know that until the other day. I feel like I should go ahead and skip to the... I feel like I should go ahead and skip to the Israeli shit because we're getting there. We're almost there. But I got a couple I got a couple more stories, but it feels weird because we're like right in the middle. <sighs> Let's go ahead and do these real fast. Let's do these real fast. So we were talking about Biden and his dropping poll numbers. Cardi B has dropped her support for Biden over military aid to Ukraine and Israel. Rapper rapper voices frustration over budget cuts to hometown New York while Washington votes to increase funding for overseas wars. And Cardi B is involved in politics and you love to see it. 
Three years after supporting Joe Biden's victorious 2020 campaign, the straight-talking rap superstar, Cardi B, when you know when we lost Cardi B, there's something wrong, has ditched her backing of the president after public service cuts in her hometown of New York. The Grammy winner, whose legal name is Bacallus Almanzar, Almanzar, I don't even know why they had to include that. She's Cardi B. Said in an Instagram live stream that she was done with Biden. Oh, fuck. It was on Instagram. Hold on. Why am I reading a story about it? When we can hear Cardi say it, she probably said it a lot, uh, a lot more eloquently. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is what I'm here for. Venus, good evening. Angry bitch right now. I'm an angry ass bitch right now. I'm an angry bitch. Y'all need to get in here. Cause See, that's why they weren't quoting her. <laughs> you couldn't, couldn't use, like, any of her quotes. But you got the gist of what she's getting ready to say. I'm about to, I'm about to go off right now. Right now. Go off, girl. I love her so much. Yeah, I'm about to go off right now. Come on in. Hold up. Purgatories. Oh, yeah, outside because usually I'll be having like 30,000 people by now, but I have 24,000. I need y'all to spread this fucking video. I need y'all to spread this video. And if something happens to me, it's because I'm speaking truth. So, God forbid something happens to me or my family or some shit. Is Nothing better not happen to Cardi. Because I'm speaking the truth. And here's the truth, right? In New York, there is a 120 million budget cut. There's a 120 million budget cut in New York that is going to affect schools, public libraries, and um, the police department. Y'all know I don't give a fuck about the cops, but like it is what it is. There's going to be an $120 million budget cut. With schools, with the libraries, and the cops, and the police department, and a five million dollar budget cut in sanitation, of a budget cut in sanitation, bitch, we're gonna be drowning with rats. We're going to be drowning in fucking rats. So we are going to be having a budget cut on these shits, mind you. And this is why I said I'm not. This is what I'm telling y'all. I'm not this year. Don't fucking ask me. I don't give a fuck the resume that they send. I don't give a fuck. I'm not endorsing no fucking presidents no more. Because how is there a $100 million budget cut in New York City for, for um, fucking schools, library, uh, police safety, and sanitation? Yeah, Joe Biden is talking about, like, yeah, we could fund two wars. We could fund two wars. Motherfuckers talking about we don't got it, but we got it. Like, we're the greatest nation. No, the fuck we're not. We're going through some shit right now. Like, say it. Say it. We really going through, uh, we, we, we really, 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 really are fucked right now. <laughs> Preach. A hundred and twenty million dollar like where 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 these kids are gonna go? Like I'm lucky. I'm lucky, I'm blessed, I'm whatever the fuck. But like what ha what's gonna happen to my nieces? What's gonna happen to my my nephews? What's gonna happen to my cousins, my aunts, my friends? They're living they are living that's that's living in the hood. Fuck the hood. Like my my shit.
shit. Like, I don't give a fuck where, if I live in Jersey, bitch. I'm, I'm from the Bronx. I don't want to see my shit affected. The Bronx, Brooklyn, it, it's going to affect the whole New York. 100, 120 million budget cut on schools, libraries, police department, and sanitation. Bitch, New York is already fucking super dirty. Super dirty. Like, yo, you know what's embarrassing? Like, it's like, you know, like, I know people from California. I know people from Atlanta. So we always be like, I always be like, yeah, New York is the greatest place in the world. Yeah, New they, they be like, New York is dirty. And it is dirty. And we're going to get even dirtier with the fucking budget cut. And yeah, we talking about we, we could fund two wars. That's like a nigga trying to front, like, yeah, I got the money to support two bitches, but you really don't. Y'all talk about y'all don't fucking y'all don't make negotiate negotiation with the ops. Well, y'all need to sit the fuck down with these people and find a and, and find agreement. No, we cannot fund these fucking wars. We can't keep it a bean. We can't. Like y'all y'all doing budget cuts on 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 the biggest city in the United States. Somebody said, Cardi, look behind. Unless you get paranoid. This shit is getting out of hand. We're really going... They, they don't want to say the word, but we're going through a recession right now. We really, really, really fucking are. And Major Eric said it. There is a budget cut going on the new, in, in, in New York. And little by little, it's going to go in your states. Okay? I'm saddened for the fact that people tuned out. Like, she did get up to like 30,000. And they're like, oh, she's talking about politics. She almost got a titty out now, though. This is fucking crazy. And then, you know, you know, so, like, you know what? I told myself this week, like, yo, the internet right now is too dark <laughs> because celebrity drama, of course, we... we I didn't say it was a bad thing. We infused with it. We watch it. But it's like, yo, that's little of what's really going on in the world right now. That's nothing compared to what's going on in the world right now. The world is in fucking shambles. After the, after, um, after, uh, the pandemic, a lot of these countries, they want to do shit because everybody, every, all, every. That's a good stopping point. She was starting to ramble. But you know, if you lost Cardi B. You've lost the nation. And here's, here's the other thing that's really going to hurt Joe Biden. The Swifties are not going to be happy with him because he confused Taylor Swift with Britney Spears. Both icons in their own right. But the Swifties aren't going to like that. For Britney's tour, she's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds in competition. They had to work hard to show patience. But did he, willing to travel over a thousand. Did he say Britney was in Brazil? Britney's tour. She's down in, it's kind of warm in Brazil right now. But, but, but Britney's tour. Oh yeah, these are the, the extra dates on the Eras tour, if I, if I remember reading it correctly. Now, just to get here, Liberty and Bell had to beat some tough odds in competition. Smokey, Jesus, dude. He tried to make a Taylor Swift joke. It didn't go well. 
be honest, that's forgivable. I don't think I don't think the Swifties will get too mad at him about that. You don't know the difference between Britney Spears and Taylor Swift. He's not like uh, Obama, who who still releases his like summer playlist. All right, so let's get to Israel, Gaza, all this bullshit. Here's John Lovitz. Oliver's an idiot. I see he goes, well, America gives them money and they're using that to kill, you know, Palestinians, so they're complicit. So I said, well, using your logic, you buy ties that are probably, that are made in China. Right? So you're buying Chinese goods and then... Shit, he looks bad. Are you okay, John Lovitz? The Chinese use, you know, fund, uh, give money to Russia that funds the war in Ukraine. So you're responsible for the death of all the Ukrainians. And some moron goes, how are ties the same as giving ammo to Israel? I go, I was being sarcastic, you putz. It's, it's called using his logic. You know what I mean? No, 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 no. It's the opposite of logic, you putz. So if you buy anything made in China, you're supporting the Chinese economy. You're giving them money. Getting multiple right? fallacies. Because you go, no, I bought it from an American store. Well, they're buying it. It's made in China. So they're selling it. That's. Do you understand how business works? So they're only making it because they're getting money to make it because you're buying it. So you're giving money to Russia. Your money goes to to the store, which goes to China, which goes to Russia, which makes bombs against Ukraine. So John Oliver, <laughs> he's calling John Oliver a hypocrite just because he assumes his tie comes from China. Insane. You're responsible for all the deaths of the Russians and the Ukrainians. But he goes, that's ridiculous. I go, exactly. I'm talking about America. Because this country has emphatically picked a side. In recent years, we've given Israel $3.8 billion a year in military aid. And you can make geopolitical arguments for why that is or isn't a valid thing to do, but it means we're heavily... $3.8 million for years. Billion, billion, billion with a B for years. That's the same as John Oliver buying a tie that may have had like some material source in China. Fully implicated in everything you've just seen. He was, if he even has a tie that come from China. Just presenting a, a ridiculous, in my opinion, a ridiculous argument and also stating the obvious at the same time saying, look at, look at America. They're aligned with Israel. And he's trying to say it's American ammunition so um, that America is killing innocent Palestinians. That was his real point. He didn't come out and say it. Yes. But he basically did. He goes, they're implicated in that. Yes. And. And uh, Israel, it's the only, it's a democracy. And so is the United States. And so is England, which is where he's from. He's now an American citizen. And I don't have any. He is an American citizen. I just didn't like what he said. <clears throat> and it's like, it's like, why is he acting shocked that America. No, I think, I think you are jealous of the better comedian, to be honest with you. America is, is supporting an ally. It, it's like, yeah. And they are our ally, and, and they're supporting, uh, you know, Israel as opposed to Hamas, you know. And, and you know, 
people going, oh, the response is disproportionate and all this. Well, first of all, I don't know any person that's Jewish that says, who cares that Palestinians are being killed? I'm telling you, it's horrible that any of them are being killed and any Israelis are being killed. But I saw a video of a little Palestinian boy about three years old shaking and it made me cry. It was horrible. You know what I mean? So, but the problem is okay. that the government that represents Gaza deliberately started a war with Israel. And that's their, that was their goal. And they said it, you know, their, their leaders said, that's what we want to do. We want to start a war. And that's why we did it. I don't we think that's to, true. Um, you know, bring the issue to the forefront of the Palestinians. And we want to continue doing what we did on October 7th over and over. And if you listen to the... the uh, Dad said the, they, they planned other attacks. His goal isn't just to wipe... It's, to, it's not... It's to wipe out Israel. It's to kill all the Jews in all the world and all the Christians. I've never heard any kind of confirmation they want to wipe out all of Israel and kill all the Jews and Christians in the world. But I do know for a fact that Israel wants to wipe out all the Palestinians in Israel. He said they, they want to take over the whole world. That's their goal, to have never-ending war with everybody. And a lot of people that are Jewish thank me, and people that aren't Jewish, friends of mine, because people are afraid. And, uh, you know, I Bullshit. John Oliver's Jewish. He didn't grow up with this. And, my, you know, my grandparents, uh, <clears throat> my mothers and fathers, they came from, like, Romania and Hungary and Russia. They came to America in the 1900s to escape death, you know. And thank God they came. I wouldn't be here. And my father said, you know, the, the, when the Nazis started, the, the Jews in Germany, they go, we're German first. They would have fought for their country. And they couldn't believe it was happening. And I realize anyone with a brain realizes, here we go again. This is how it starts. So that's why I'm speaking out. And I don't know how you, how you cannot speak out. I don't know how. Anyone with a brain can see that Israel is committing genocide against the Palestinian people. Anyone with a brain. Let me, let me show you what anyone with a brain would be horrified by. Deadly strike. Can I not look at it? Do I not what? I thought I checked earlier to make sure that I could look at the article. Deadly strike hits northern Gaza hospital where many were sheltering. Content warning on this. Again, another hospital. Hundreds of thousands of people have followed Israel directives to leave northern Gaza. Israeli airstrikes have hit the south, including in the border town of Rafah. At least 12 people were killed and dozens wounded at an Indonesian hospital, Gazan officials said, after witnesses reported Israeli tanks moving towards it. An Indonesian hospital. Fighting erupts around another embattled Gazan hospital. Critical trauma care is not possible at any of Gaza's hospitals now, the World Health Organization say. Uh, I will say I, I was assuming that the babies were dead the other night. Uh... All but, what, three or four of them were actually evacuated from a Gaza hospital and have arrived in Egypt. Others never had a chance. 
28 premature babies had been in intensive care at the embattled Al-Shifa Hospital in northern Gaza. They were transported across the border to Egypt for medical care on Monday. At least three of them died. Yeah, 31 premature babies have been evacuated from Al-Shifa to southern Gaza. It was not immediately clear while three of them had not been taken to Egypt. Wait, do, I thought we had conversation. Uh, conver- I thought we had confirmation that three of them had passed away. That's why they weren't taken. When they were saying a premature baby died on the news, I could not know whether that was my baby or not. Out of 39. Okay, so eight of them passed away. Maybe 11. Fighting has erupted around in a battle Gaza hospital. Critical trauma not possible. None of Gaza's 36 hospitals are functioning enough to treat critical trauma cases or perform surgery. Oh, it's kind of cute. 28 premature babies had been in intensive care. Visual evidence shows the ship captured by the Houthis was hijacked near southern Yemen. That's what we're getting to. Hold on. We're going to watch that here in just a second. But before that, I want to show that Israel also attacked a UN school. Video shows dozens of bodies after alleged attack at a UN-run school in Gaza. Oh, fuck. I don't think CNN... Oh, yeah, it does. Massive outbreaks of infectious disease and hunger seem inevitable in Gaza, where many are now forced to drink clearly contaminated water and raw sewage is flowing through the streets. CNN's Nada Bashir gives us a closer look now at how families in Gaza are scraping together whatever they can to survive. A warning, some of what you're about to see could be disturbing. In the central Gazan city of Deir el-Bala, heavily bombarded by Israeli... Right, so Venus is saying 39 died. I, why are there conflicting numbers everywhere? Which, I mean, it's hard to get information out of a war zone, especially one where Israel has... Uh, cut off power and not allowed journalists in. Airstrikes for weeks now. The Nerji family is forced to live amid the ruins of what once was their home. Khalid and his wife were rescued from beneath the rubble. Miraculously, they survived. But now, with nowhere to go, this family must make do with what little they had left. When we saw the catastrophe before us, we tried to find shelter at a school or anywhere safe, but it was already too crowded, Khalid says. There isn't anywhere safe to go here. As you can see, it's been raining and there is no aid getting in. I just want somewhere to shelter my family, my children. The UN has warned that some 70% of people in Gaza are now forced to drink contaminated water. Raw sewage said to be flowing through the streets in some areas. And while the Israeli government says it will now allow two fuel tankers a day to enter Gaza to support water and sewage systems, the entire strip is said to be facing the immediate possibility of starvation, according to the UN World Food Programme. There is no electricity and no running water here. And as temperatures drop, this family has no choice but to sleep in the cold. 
Khalid's daughter says she put the sheet of nylon to protect her from the wind and the rain at night. These blankets, all the family has left to keep them warm. The rest of their belongings, tangled and buried amid scorched blackened rubble. Across northern and central Gaza, scenes of destruction are all that remain. Civilians told to evacuate southwards. The Israeli military says it is time Two schools! ...and allowing for evacuation corridors. I just assumed that this was the latest because there have been numerous UN schools that have been bombed. UN officials have been killed by Israel. But even in the south, there is no escape from this punishing war. The ruins you see here are homes in the southern city of Khan Yunus. Amid the destruction, members of the Abu Zanad family standing helpless. Loved ones still buried under the rubble. Every second of every minute, there's another massacre, Herney says. Where are the humanitarian ceasefires? Displaced people, women and children, our family members, are here buried underneath this home. They escaped the massacres and war in northern Gaza. They told us that the south would be safe. On the grounds of southern Gaza's Nasr Hospital, another funeral prayer is held. Closed with a message of peace amid unfathomable loss. With fears growing of an expanded ground incursion said to be targeting Hamas in the south, after Israeli forces dropped leaflets near Khan Yunus, warning people to move to known shelters on Thursday. But with some 1.5 million people already displaced, there is nowhere safe to turn. And as each hour ticks by, there is only more uncertainty and more tragedy. The wounded rush through the hospital's crowded halls. Children, battered and bloody, sharing whatever space is left in this panic-filled emergency room. But as doctors in the South... This is a CNN international piece. And that's why, like, CNN international is actually pretty good. Like, the actual CNN out of Atlanta network, not usually all that good. Race to rescue the wounded. Survivors further north, just like Khalid and his family, struggle to come to terms with this now shattered reality. Khalid says neighbors thought he was dead when they pulled him from the rubble. Now, he says, he wishes he too had been killed. In I don't think it, this actually played on one of their U.S. shows, but it's the international reporting. Um, I don't think it's on YouTube. I think I'm on the CNN website. Yeah. So yeah, good, good reporting by CNN. No democracy now, but. Now I want to show you something that is beyond sickening. All that suffering. All that suffering you just witnessed. And this really puts it into context. I'm, I'm not going to say anything. I'm just going to let you watch it.
It's not a war zone. It's a construction site. I like that's all I can think about is how history is going to view this literal genocide, ethnic cleansing. And I know there's there's multiple going on in the world. This is one that the U.S. is most responsible for and helping to finance. And it could honestly cascade into a full-blown world war. Israel striking an Indonesian hospital. The the Yemeni Houthis getting involved. The possibility of Hezbollah and Lebanon getting involved. This shit could spiral out of control quickly. Now we're going to watch the Houthis from Yemen... They released a video, their propaganda video, showing them seized an Israeli-linked ship. Apparently it was Japanese-owned. Is it wrong of me to think it's really cool that, like, the terrorists have body cams now? They're going in with GoPros. GTA 6 footage leaked. You guys stoked for uh, GTA 6? Apparently we're getting the announcement, what, the beginning of next month with a release date at the beginning of 2025. I sure as fuck hope the rumors that I've heard that it's going to cost up of a, upwards of $100 or more on release aren't true. But also, I wouldn't doubt it. Is this, is this the game where Rockstar finally ruins its reputation? I just recently played, uh, re replayed Grand Theft Auto 5. I've never played 4. I actually have it on Steam. I should do that. I should play it on stream. Never played 4. Uh, I replayed uh, Vice City not that long ago. I played San Andreas back in the day when it came out for uh, uh, PS2.
Apparently the beginning of 2025. That's that's the target release date for Grand Theft Auto 6. I don't know. I like uh what's his name isn't the the president anymore. It may all go to shit without him. We'll we'll see we'll see what happens with the next because like they couldn't replicate Grand Theft Auto Online with Red Dead Two, and they desperately wanted to. And Naughty Dog wanted to fucking factions for the original Last of Us. Holy shit, that game was amazing. They wanted to turn it into some kind of live service, and ended up sucking. And apparently they're going to scrap the project. Get me talking about video games. I've I've not heard about the AI generation of, of building interiors, but that would make sense. And isn't that isn't that part of the capabilities of uh, Unreal Engine 5? I highly recommend God of War. God of War is so fucking good. God of War, like, it may be in the running for one of the greatest games of all time. I, like, I may pick it for for greatest game of all time. It's well-paced. The combat never got uh, stale. The story is amazing. And it's it's like one of those it's one of those stories where it's like really simple too. Going with your son to the highest point in the realm to scatter your wife's ashes. Got to climb the mountain. That's the premise of the game. That's the whole that's the whole game, but it's so fucking good. In sound mind, I've not heard of, I've not heard of it before. But you you really like the indie games, and you're on PC as well. I like I like uh, massive, big budget action adventure RPGs. Final Fantasy is like my my favorite game series. Sixteen was all right. I need to finish Fallout New Vegas. I never finished it. I want them to remaster it because I think I think I was playing it on PS3. And I got a PS4, and I just quit playing it because I was like, "Oh, that was really enjoyable." Because like I loved the game so much that I played uh, Outer Worlds. The like that's the that's the same studio, and that game was awesome. Psychological horror as well. I, I like. I'm a big fan. Like I always change up things, right? Like so, I try to play like the opposite of whatever I was, I was playing. Uh, I played Dying Light in October. That was my spooky game. And then after Dying Light, I played Mafia. And now I've gone back to Kingdom Hearts 3. I'm trying to, like, finish Kingdom Hearts 3. What I played before Dying Light? Uh, was that Nino Cooney? I think I played Nino Cooney before Dying Light. 
So just like I try to like a completely different genre, a completely different time period, a completely different experience. I and I think I played Nino Cooney after it came off Final Fantasy 16. Cause like I like I wanted to like I wanted a real RPG, and boy did that ever scratch that itch. I need to get the new God of War. I need to get Horizon Forbidden West. I've got so many on my list. I can't bring myself to buy any like any like uh, newer games right now because I've got so many that I need to like clear out. Bramble. I think I've heard of that one. I think I saw that one on a list on like a Jake Baldino YouTube. That's another, like, I've, I've talked about, like, the shit I watch when I'm not doing politics, and it's, like, mainly cooking stuff. But also, like, you know, I'll do the game ranks. Uh, like, they usually have some pretty good uh, videos on shit. He does, like, a news on Friday. It's a pretty good news roundup that catches me up on, like, what all the, the rumors and shit are. I like the before you buys. If I'm on the fence about a game, I'll go back and watch his before you buy. Because it like, doesn't give you any spoilers. And tells you, like, you know, what, what you're going to get into. I appreciate game ranks. And I really like uh, honest game trailers. But I always wait. Like, I have to play the game. And then, like, I'll go if it has an honest game trailer. And I'll watch it. I hate spoilers. Hate spoilers. Ow, shit. Mafia was really fucking good. Oh my god, I can't believe how good that game was. Mafia was excellent. Kingdom Hearts 3, I'm not so sure. Which I wasn't real sure about Kingdom Hearts 1 or 2 either. I, I think I really don't like Kingdom Hearts 3. But like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna slog through it. I just had Elsa sing Let It Go to me. Gamers are the most oppressed minority. People people ask why I don't stream my gaming because I'd probably be a hell of a lot pop a hell of a lot more popular if I did gaming instead of politics. And I do like I say some of the most hilarious shit as I play games, but I really I don't really want to uh, commodify the thing that I do for relaxation. I would totally game with you on stream. What do you play, Venus? Are you on the PlayStation? And also, I can't... For some reason, I've never been able to make my capture card uh, work with my PS5. I can get it to work with my PS4, but, like... Why would anybody want to watch me, you know, if I'm not playing, like, the latest games and shit? Yeah, I'm Justin Freakin' on the, on the PlayStation. If any of you guys got a PlayStation, like I'm Justin Freakin', you can add me. I don't play a lot of I don't play a lot of games with other people. Like I, I play Mortal Kombat with my buddy, and it's like you know something for us to do while we. Here's the thing: it's fucking. It's Battle Opossum that you guys see in here. That's my best friend. He is... I've got a couple games on Steam. Like, I've got, like, Witcher 1 and 2. 
I've got several. I, I think I've got like all six of the final, the first Final Fantasies. Um, I've got an emulator. I've played like Mario and some other shit on uh, on stream before. I've got Grand Theft Auto 4. I should probably play Grand Theft Auto 4 because I've never played it before. I really want to. It seems like it's probably the one that's uh, would be the the one that I like the most. I like I like uh, realistic Sims. Not that not that uh, Grand Theft Auto 5 was bad, but it was a little more cartoony. I, I fucking really loved Mafia. Get me talking about games. I had a Nintendo, a Super Nintendo. I had a Super Nintendo. My brother had a Sega. So I basically had, you know, best of both worlds, right? And then my friend across the street had a Sega. I, I want to say he had a Sega before, like, uh, my brother. My brother had, like, the little tiny one, right? But he had, like, the the Sega, like, what, with Master System or whatever it was called? It was fucking huge. I've got Deuce X, and I wanna I wanna play that. I've got several games. I've got so many games I wanna play. But once the once I got I think it was fifth grade, uh, for my birthday, my mom took me down to like the big mall. Like it was like two hours away from us. We had a big dinner and shit, took me to the mall, and I got to buy a PlayStation. And I've been a PlayStation fanboy ever since. Loved Gran Turismo, uh, Final Fantasy VII, Metal Gear Solid. I played the Tomb Raiders, and that's just that's been my fucking jam. And like for most of the series, Final Fantasy has been on PlayStation, right? After I discovered it. I've never played Turok, but Jet Moto was awesome. I fucking love Jet Moto. I played the shit out of it. Metal Gear, though, blew my fucking... I probably was in 7th or 8th grade when I played it. Blew my fucking junior high mind. What a goddamn game. (laughs) Still a huge fan. I wish. Oh, Spider Pickle, what'd you get? What kind of food you get? I'm starting to get hungry and I ate right before the stream. We gotta find out what this news be doing. I this shit makes me ramble. Exactly like I'm glad they did. I'm glad like it all worked out that I got Final Fantasy VII. For the PlayStation. Then I went back and played 6 and 5 and 4. They re-released them. They were 1, 2, uh, 4 was with like Chrono Trigger, and then 5 and 6 were in a collection. I owned them all. Indian Taco! Interesting. I own Tactics, but like I could not get into Tactics. I love Munster Cheese. Which I I made uh, macaroni and cheese. I had leftover uh, chicken that I'd made in my my Dutch oven with uh, 
Bourbon peppercorn. Yeah, what that news be doing? Uh, content warning. We're gonna get like racist here. A mayor in New Jersey has been charged. Somehow the police chief is involved in it. Some kind of racist scandal going on. The controversial mayor of Clark, New Jersey, now faces corruption-related charges. The criminal counts filed by the New Jersey State Attorney General today come after the mayor was caught. Is it racist if I say he looks like a mobster? I've been playing mafia. <laughs> he, he looks like a Vinny I'd go up to and get some kind of side quest. On tape using racially charged language and after the Clark Police Department accused of misconduct was taken over by prosecutors amid the ongoing scandal. Chief investigative reporter Jonathan Deans has covered this story since the beginning and he is live in Newark for us right now where those criminal charges were announced this afternoon, John. Yeah, Chuck, Chuck, first, the state AG ordering reforms of the Clark Police Department and he's referred several matters for a civil rights review. Well, this dude too, he also looks like he'd be like a fucking extra in a mob movie. This as Clark's mayor separately is charged with numerous criminal counts. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Clark Mayor Sal Bonacorso used racial slurs at times with some of his past. Sal Bonacorso. Did I hear that correctly? That's the name of some. God damn it. Mayor separately is charged with numerous criminal counts. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen. Clark Mayor Sal Bonacorso used racial slurs. Bonacorso. Some of his past top police brass. Border Corso, a Republican, now charged criminally for allegedly using his town hall office to help cancel Justin tank removal business, allegedly using taxpayer resources at City Hall to line his own pockets. The state AG says the mayor didn't use certified engineers as required. It's further alleged that the mayor directed township employees during work hours to perform duties solely for the purpose of running his private business. The corruption charges come as Bonacorso has resisted repeated calls for him to resign over his separate alleged past racist statements. He did issue an apology when the recordings came to light. I'm embarrassed and ashamed to have spoken that way about a race of people. Earlier today, the mayor was seen leaving town hall before criminal charges were announced. Clark's a great town run by great people. I have no other comment. The officer who made the recordings, retired Lieutenant Antonio Minata, told us others also made recordings and the town paid out settlements in the hundreds of thousands to allegedly keep the scandal quiet. My recordings are nothing compared to the recordings that were submitted prior to me. The state AG's long-awaited report called for reforms, including how the town handles any traffic stops, and it called on the chief and an internal affairs sergeant, now on leave, to be fired. We're also implementing a series of reforms, including reforms to how traffic stops will be done in Clark starting in January, that our hope is will... Is it run by good people, though? As for the criminal charges against the mayor, he is due to appear in court on those charges in January. Live outside the state attorney general's offices in Newark, Jonathan Deanst, News 4 New York. That's a spicy meatball. Oh, I'm really pushing it now. 
Sorry, sorry, sorry. The Italians are the last race you can make fun of. I heard I heard that from someone. Conservatives are all up in arms about the U.S. Supreme Court rejecting an appeal request by Derek Chauvin, the former Minneapolis, Minnesota police officer who killed George Floyd. Chauvin was found guilty of second-degree murder in 2021, nearly a year after Floyd's killing in May of 2020, when Chauvin, who is white, kneeled on the neck of Floyd, a black man, for over nine minutes during an arrest. Oh, God, are you doing some good, fellas? I've goddamn good fellas is quite my buddy asked me that when I was playing Mafia the other day. It was like which, what's my favorite Mafia movie? I was like, it's probably good fellas. And I feel like uh I feel like that's the cause the Mafia game is really taken from all of them, I feel, but like specifically good fellas. I feel like it, it most closely matches the story of Goodfellas, and I love it. Sorry, sorry, got me, got me off topic again. Forty-seven-year-old disgraced cop is serving twenty-two and a half years in prison, convicted on three counts of second-degree murder, third-degree murder, and manslaughter. Chauvin's legal team later filed an appeal in Minnesota court and requested a new trial, arguing that his conviction was plagued by jury bias and that he was deprived of his right to a fair trial. If I remember correctly, it was April 20th, 2021, the one-year anniversary of the Troll Patrol, and we all celebrated on stream. We saw the verdict being read on stream. It was awesome. And we got we got to see him uh, be put in cuffs. Fucking mwah. The one year anniversary episode of the Troll Patrol. That's how we came on. Because uh, I, I, on, on anniversary, I always come on at 4 o'clock. We celebrate 420 all across the country. We got to see... And that's it. By the way, that's his last appeal. Like, I assume he could appeal on different grounds, but probably not going to go anywhere on those. Lose at the Supreme Court. Like, <laughs> every one of the jurors believed my client was guilty. They must be biased. Gonna try get serious again here. Officials in Los Angeles are urging calm after a video appears to show a CHP officer fatally shoot a man on the 105. Video recorded by a bystander appears to show a deadly encounter in which a California Highway Patrol officer repeatedly shoots a man after a struggle in the middle of the 105 in Watts on Sunday afternoon. The CHP confirmed on Monday that the shooting took place on the freeway, but did not provide further details. The Los Angeles County Medical Examiner's Office said on Monday that one person has died, though it did not provide identification pending notification of family. Cause of death was not released, but it appears to be from a cop bullet. 
The HP officials said they responded to the freeway about 3.15 p.m. on Sunday after receiving multiple calls about a man walking through traffic near the Wilmington Avenue exit. After the trooper made contact with the pedestrian, a struggle ensued and an officer... So it sounds like somebody was having a mental health issue and the cop shot him. Just another day. Authority said over a police radio that the man fired a taser at the officer leading to the shooting. Doubt. The video shows the CHP officer on top of another person as the two struggle on the pavement in the middle of what appears to be a closed stretch of freeway. After a few seconds, uh, while the two tussle, a gun seems to go off and a bullet ricochets off the pavement near the body of the man who remains on the ground. So, content warning again. Fortunately, it's a it's a very short clip. Fucking shot him multiple times. What the? Wait, wait, wait. That's not what the article said. After the trooper made contact with the pedestrian, a struggle ensued and an officer involved shooting occurred. Authorities said over a police radio that the man fired a taser at the officer. Doubt. The video shows a CHP officer on top of another person as the two struggle on the pavement in the middle of what appears to be a closed stretch of freeway. After a few seconds, while the two tussle, a gun seems to go off. Officer then stands up and shoots at least four additional times at the prone man. The man lies motionless for the rest of the minute-long video. The CHP officer remains by the body with his gun drawn. I believe all five shots were fired by the cop. It wasn't the gun seemed to go off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, the gun seemed to go off after the cop unholstered this and aimed it at the man on the ground. I don't want to show it again. I want to I want to see it again to make my own judgment, but I don't want to show it again on the stream because I feel like I'm I'm tiptoeing on some TOS there. I really want to try to pull like a tiny Tim there and start singing tiptoe through the TOS. But I probably would have butchered it. All right, let's do a little bullshit. Let's. Well, it's not all bullshit. It gets serious again. But but at least not at least not cop death serious. Well, apparently, like it's it's sparking protests in L.A. and as as well it should. And it sucks that it takes. The, a bystander video because who knows what any like the 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 video might not have come out for months if it ever did the cops would have stopped it from coming out 
for as long as they could. And we might not have even known about it, or it would have been a, uh, described, oh, well, he tried to taser me. It was justified. We were lucky that a bystander video exists. And once again, I want to point out, like, we were talking about the possibility of recession, recession, recession earlier. Ah, look at those markets. Dow Jones up over half a point. NASDAQ, almost a point and a quarter. The S&P is up three quarters. How do you measure a recession exactly? I know, I know we're being squeezed as, as consumers, as poor people, as working class. I know we're being squeezed. (laughs) I like, I would like to play the stock market, but I'm stupid. But then you take my 75% chance of winning and then add 66 and two-thirds I got 141 and two-thirds chance of winning. I feel, yeah, yeah, alien balls. I said we were going to do some bullshit. But just the, the stock market caught my eye. Is that true clinically? I thought we outpaced GDP again. I'm I'm working on uh, getting a uh, getting a woman who who might put some uh, adulty in me. Might be good, like uh, like. Four point nine percent in the third quarter of twenty twenty three. Four point nine percent. That's three percent is considered good GDP growth. That's what I'm saying. The numbers we keep getting don't say recession. The numbers we keep keep getting say strong economy. Now, strong economy for who? It's all a capitalist hellscape. That's damn good. That's better than anything Trump ever did. And I keep having right-wingers tell me that the economy's in shambles. And in a way, that's fucking true. The working class is being squeezed. And it's so these fucks can make more money. A Harvard professor said balls found in the ocean might be alien tech. A new theory points to industrial waste instead. A Harvard professor discovered mysterious metal-rich spirals. Spirals? At the bottom of the ocean controversially said the unusual composition meant they might be alien technology many scientists disputed this claim and now one says they may just be industrial waste 
Harvard professor's claims that metallic balls discovered under the ocean may have been made by aliens has been called into question yet again. It's the scientist's word for balls. He's kicking authority in the balls. Did I say it correctly? Spherules? In July, Avi Loeb, the director of a computational astrophysics center at Harvard, said spherules dredged from the Pacific Ocean were left behind by a meteor that exploded near Earth in 2014. Their bizarre chemical makeup, he said, suggested they could be a form of alien technology. The statement drew criticism from parts of the scientific community who said Loeb was being too bold and too hasty in his assertions. Now, an analysis may offer a more down-to-earth explanation for the mysterious spherules. They may have simply been an offshoot of coal burning. Patricio Gallardo, a research fellow at the University of Chicago, analyzed the chemical composition of coal ash, a waste product left behind by the consumption of coal in power plants and steam engines. As a reference, Gallardo used a publicly available coal chemical database called Colquol. His analysis, he said, found that iron, nickel, beryllium, I think I nailed that, lanthanum, and uranium concentrations reported by Loeb and colleagues in the metal spherules were consistent with expectations from coal ash from a coal chemical composition database. The meteoric origin is disfavored, Gallardo wrote. Gallardo's analysis was published in a journal, but has not been peer-reviewed. So, could still be aliens. You hold out hope. Not peer-reviewed yet. Would you like to go from aliens to zombies? I said I'm making a joke, but this isn't a joke of a story. Yellowstone National Park confirms first case of zombie deer disease. Which I hate that because I, I think deer are cute. Sparkles fucking hates them. Uh, but I understand if you're almost decapitated by a deer, I can understand a hatred of them. I think they're adorable. And if you've, if you've ever had a deer jerky or a deer steak, hold, mm. excellent. We're actually, I saw a story the other day that they're, um, they're running like hunters aren't as prevalent as they like the the kids don't like to hunt anymore, or as not at the rates that you know previous generations have hunted, and it's actually a problem for the deer population because they fuck like animals. Oh, I guess I could have been fucking reading the story to you. I've just been looking at the deer and talking about deer. Look at that majestic fuck. The CDC recommends that hunters remain cautious and test their deer or elk meat for CDW. A rare and fatal illness, chronic wasting disease, colloquially known as the zombie deer disease, has been detected at Yellowstone National Park for the first time, sparking concerns among wildlife experts and conservationists. After running multiple diagnostic tests... C-W-D. C-W-D. 
Sounds like that network that shows like Supernatural and Buffy the Vampire Slayer. Battle Opossum! I was talking shit about you earlier and I don't remember what. After running multiple diagnostic tests, the National Park Service confirmed the presence of the disease in an adult mule deer found near Yellowstone Lake. The deer was part of a population study by Wyoming's Game and Fish Department and had been fitted with a GPS collar. CWD is a contagious fatal disease of deer, elk, and moose caused by a malformed protein for which there is no vaccine or known treatment. So, uh, if you're out there hunting deer, be on the lookout. Chronic wasting disease is what Battle Opossum has been suffering with. I think it's just uh, a stomach bug you got from your daughter. Because the kids like to bring home the germs and the goobers from school. I don't know what to... Well, I can I can uh, give you some advice if you were shitting your guts out, sir. Life is too short to walk this earth for a crusty asshole. Wash your ass. Tadpole. Libra Tad, did you hear that? I'm pretty sure Libertad goes back and watches if they are not here live. They will leave me comments, and I appreciate it. That shit's for you, Tad. Okay, I, I think we can enjoy this, I think. It doesn't look like anybody's going to be in danger. The town has been evacuated. We've been watching this for like a week now. And it's like any fucking moment, this volcano is going to erupt. Iceland is waiting in uncertainty with a likely volcanic eruption looming. Tens of thousands of earthquakes have rattled the country in recent weeks, splitting the ground wide open and prompting mass evacuations. Now, scientists are watching closely with an eruption. Split it open like a whore on her back. Two University of Auckland Earth Science students, Alyssa Pilkington and Christopher Todd, are in Iceland and they join me now. It's Let me be perfectly clear. Like, I, I support the whore. I'm not saying that in a derogatory manner. I am a slut and I, I stand sluts. Nice to have both of you on our show. Thank you so much for coming on. First of all, how are you doing? Are you okay? Are you safe? <laughs> yes, we're okay. We're both in the capital of Reykjavik. Are we going to get some video? Okay, okay, okay. But we are okay. safe. Just study it. <laughs> yes, yes, which is fascinating. And what a coincidence, right? Talk to me about what it is that you're actually doing over there. Uh, so the University of Auckland has an exchange program um, in which we both uh, decided to do. And we thought, of course, as earth science students, what better place to go than Iceland? So we came here and sure enough, uh, it's been proven to us mm. these very weeks. <laughs> yeah, well, New Zealand and Iceland are very similar geologically. So it's yeah. been great to study Iceland and we'll be able to bring that knowledge in back to New Zealand. 
What a fascinating time to be there. Can you talk to me about- I didn't know I was doing a New Zealand news station. From where all of this is, is going on. Talk to me about what it's like, because there's been, as I say, thousands of tremors over the past few weeks. Yes, so it's been very exciting. Um, there's uh, so many geologists here, uh, mm. so there's such an exciting atmosphere around. Uh, of course, uh, in regards to that excitement as well, there is also um, respect for the town of Grindavik as those citizens have all had to be evacuated um, as well. But yeah, in general, the atmosphere is... It's, uh, we've Damn! Um, a few earthquakes here and there. Uh, we know that our uh, some people in the flat that we are in have uh, taken videos of the cabinet shaking. Um, and here behind us on the screen, you may occasionally see an earthquake um, live, potentially. But yeah, it's been just earthquakes all over the place and you can feel them from where we are. Yeah, but it's. I guess, Christopher, it's more about what it, what those earthquakes are doing underground that's causing the most concern, right? Indeed. So what that's indicating is that there is magma moving underneath our feet and an eruption could be imminent. How, how, how likely is that? I mean, we hear about how catastrophic this, this eruption could be. Is that likely? Yes, so the um, Met Office of Iceland and um, what are, the scientists are saying is that an eruption is very, is probable. Yep. Mm -hmm. uh, and uh, they do say that currently the magma is 400 metres under the surface. Um, so seismicity has reduced, which does not rule out an eruption, um, but there is a possibility of it in the near future. Um, but it's not 100% that the eruption will mm. occur. Right, because there was a point where we were talking about, as you mentioned, those residents in Grindavik have been evacuated. There was a point where we were talking about potentially that town being entirely wiped out. Is that less likely now? Uh, yes, so at that point, so a couple of weeks ago uh, in which... Uh, there was a lot of commotion, a lot of seismicity. That's where most of the earthquakes were being felt. Um, there was fears at that time that the magma was going to um, erupt from the surface um, and that would have caused quite a significant eruption. Um, there were uh, residents in the town at that time. Uh, so that was where the main concern was coming from. The roads were all breaking up. So it would have mm. been very difficult to evacuate uh, the town. Uh, currently, the situation has stabilised more so than if it had erupted at that time. Mm. Um, and But they're not 100% sure where exactly it will erupt at this point, as it's very hard to monitor. Um, I wanted more, like, video of what was going on here. Let me give you this. This is supposedly, like, really good sound. Sound and video of the seismic activity in Iceland. Northwestern University's EarthTunes app. It transforms seismic frequencies into audible pitches. Potent seismic activity in Iceland's Rejavan uh, district has been signaling a large and imminent volcanic eruption. Forty thousand residents have been evacuated. 
was super cool. Let me show you the berms they've been building. Richard brought up just a second ago. Try to protect the town from the magma. I don't have any sound on this. I mean, I guess they have some experience doing this, right? Ain't the first time. Here we get some sound. It'll be fun to watch, I guess. Luckily, no one, no one is in the path. Perhaps there won't be this, this much destruction. Thanks to having plenty of time. Well, the, the kids didn't seem like, um, it sucks to call them kids. They were scientists. They didn't seem like, um, they were certain it was sure to erupt. Frantically packing shit up. I want to say the area looks charming, but it's also like it's a little too industrial. I guess they didn't have much time to evacuate. It was like, you don't know, right? Like it's been what? Eight, nine, 10 days since we've been watching like all the, the, the earthquakes happening. Like you don't know it could happen at any time. Okay. So here's, here's one of the things that we're coming up on a very busy travel day for the U S. Like this weekend is one of the busiest travel weekends. Atlantic flights could be hindered by a volcanic explosion. Uh, the last time this happened was like 2014 or maybe a little, so maybe it was like 2011 and it grounded flights in Europe for like a day and a half.
There's also supposedly a massive, massive uh, snowstorm getting ready to hit New York right now in the Northeast. It's beginning to look a lot like Christmas. We're getting there. I won't, I won't, after this weekend, I won't shame you if you're listening to Christmas music. You're in the Christmas spirit after this week. It's totally fine. Thanksgiving weekend. I even, I even say, I even say I like to keep that shit in December, but it's okay for that last week, the last couple days of November. Okay. Go crazy. Have at it. Break out your Mariah Carey. It is, it is turkey time. It is Thanksgiving week. So you know what that means. It's the annual White House pardoning of the turkeys, Liberty and Bell. I hereby pardon... Liberty and Bell. The National Turkey presentation and pardon marks the unofficial start of the holiday season. We're here in Washington. Battle of Possum, you start watching horror movies in August. Don't don't start like you you are way too early on everything. You'll have your Easter decorations up before it's even Valentine's Day. It's annoying. <laughs> time to share joy and gratitude and have a little bit of fun one thing i want to make clear that was not uh, clear then you know uh, even though liberty and bell are from minnesota they're named for famous liberty bell in philadelphia those are some plump looking turkeys new appreciation of the word let freedom ring (laughs) so happy thanksgiving god bless you all and may god protect our troops Thank you, thank you, thank you. Protect him from what? There's the White House Christmas tree. Well, early Merry Christmas. Happy Thanksgiving. Um, I hope you saw all, all our military families. It was so nice of them to join us today, all the children. Um, and the tree, which is magnificent, is from the uh, Klein Church Nursery. And uh, some of the kids said that they had never seen a tree so big. So I hope you'll all come back during the holiday. You want to see a big tree? I, I, I'll tell you what, I'll pull it up after. Let's watch this one again. This is going to be my animal video. You want to see a big tree? The Rockefeller Center tree arrived like yesterday. The National Turkey presentation and pardon marks the unofficial start of the holiday season. We're here in Washington, a time to share joy and... I know, it was like a week ago. ...have a little bit of fun. One thing I want to make clear, that was not uh, clear then. You know, uh, even though Liberty and Bell are from Minnesota, they're named for famous Liberty Bell in Philadelphia and Pennsylvania. These birds have a new appreciation of the word this fucking tree is goddamn huge. Yeah. 
And we certainly have a sign that the holiday season is underway. That's our next story right now because the Rockefeller tree was brought here. It arrived in the city early this morning. It is a 12 ton nine days ago down from Vestal, New York. That's way up there upstate. Uh, once it was off the truck, well, crews, they never waste any time getting it ready, getting this 80 foot tall tree in place. So the scaffolding, it will continue to surround the tree so that they can deck it out because there are just so many lights, 50,000 multicolored lights. They're going to decorate it. No, that was the that was the Fox News tree. It was a much smaller tree. This is this is the one in Rockefeller Center outside of uh, NBC, the GE building. It is gigantuum. So I can start to hear the music there. The tree lighting ceremony happening Wednesday, November 29th. Always one of my. So that is next week. We'll get to see the tree. I thought it was this weekend for some reason. That freedom ring. <laughs> Here's your turkeys. Happy Thanksgiving. That dude too. He's a turkey. Go ahead. Look at the turkeys again. Go ahead. Light one up. Tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freegan. We'll see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol. Live. Thank you. Thank you.